Hello and welcome to Tracks. I'm Tim. And I'm Harry. And this is episode 24. We're old. We're getting there. We're mid-twenties now. You think 24, you think 24 hours a day. The TV show 24. And now us. Now we are part of that glorious history of this beautiful number. Mm-hmm. And what have we got in store today, Harry? That's the big question. It is a big question, and I have a big answer. So, listeners will know that a while ago we did um, our favourite kind of music from 2016. So The far. first third. Yeah, yeah. We, that was our unconventional choice. 2016 so far, yeah. Yeah, the first 33.3333333% of the year, we thought, yeah, let's review this bit. <laughs> All the stuff's come out, let's yeah. review it. Yeah. Um, so now we're going to do the second third, and then do the advanced bit later on here. Yeah. I suppose it'll be like a year roundup, but we're miles away from that year, so why even bother talking about it? Let's just enjoy this, the second third of the year, and let's get right into it. Yes. Thank you for tuning in. See you. Full steam ahead! To the flip side. <laughs> Shall we begin? Well, 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 we're back, and as listeners know, we are going to talk about some highlights of the last week. I feel like this is why you don't get to do the intro bits, that's my job, because you just say well (laughs) 900 times in a row. I have to think about what I'm going to say. Well, 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 so, well, um... As I was saying before, I was rudely interrupted, it's the highlight section of the show. It is. You're going to tell us possibly something that was the highlight of your week. My highlight this week is the easiest highlight I've ever done for this show. Because at the weekend... Yeah, I'm expecting. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, because at the weekend I was in the wonderful city of Manchester... Manchester. To see, as he proclaimed himself, the new mayor of Manchester. Yeah, I saw that. Morrissey. Moz. The Moz father. <laughs> How many more you got? Um, what was the one? Mosington Steel. Me and Lizzie. Actually, I said, I'm not going to... It was me. <laughs> she kind of laughed, so she was part of it. I was singing, we're off to see the wizard, the wonderful wizard of Moz. Which was quite good. Um... I was quite pleased with my ingenuity with that little song. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. Really so, congratulations on that. I think so. I think it's <laughs> it's up there with my greatest achievements of my life. Um, but anyway, I went to see Morrissey. Actual, real-life Morrissey in the flesh was stood there in front of me, singing, dancing, at one point swinging his shirt around his head. I was going to say, did he do much swinging? He did quite a lot of swinging, but literally took his shirt off and span it around his head like he was uh, Ryan Giggs in a FA Cup semi-final. It was great. Right. It was a red shirt as well, although Giggs did have a white shirt, but anyway. Pointless. Moving on. <laughs> um, Tell on the Moz story again. We're <laughs> <laughs> off to see the wizard. <laughs> um, so yeah, I was there with my dad and my sister, which was great. Um, I bought Lizzie the ticket for her birthday. So it was nice to be able to share that with her. And obviously my dad, I've spoken about it before, gave me a lot of my music taste and knowledge. And the Smiths are his favourite band ever. Morrissey is an icon for him. And someone he hadn't hadn't seen him for maybe 30 years, I think he said. A long, long time. The last time he saw Morrissey was with the Smiths, I'm guessing. Yeah, he'd never seen him solo. Um, So it was great to share it with them. The atmosphere there was electric. You could really feel it kind of palpably building up through the weekend was uh what was the kind of demographic like um i mean it was older certainly older but at the same time there was plenty of young people it's Mm. not like uh i think i've spoken before about when i went to see the specials and i was very much the youngest person there when i went when i've been to see shed seven i'm very much the youngest person there you're probably the only person (laughs) there's loads of people there (laughs) but uh, this was, yeah, certainly older, 
but plenty of young people too. I think Morrissey is just one of those people that every generation can connect with. Um, He kind of speaks to just being young, sort of universally, not necessarily young in the 80s or the 90s or... Yeah, so I think he's got a timeless quality to him, and people really latch onto him um, in that way. So yeah, plenty of younger people there as well. Not a really old crowd, but you did very much have like um, a lot of like old fancy dress Morrisseys. Yeah, like there was a few times we'd just be walking down the street, just in the centre of Manchester, and we'd be like, "I wonder where he was last night," <laughs> or whatever, because they'd have like a quiff. Hearing aids, did it, thick glasses from the NHS. Like, did it look awkward, or were you just like have fun with it? Um, it, it. Some of them I thought looked a bit not cool, but yeah. that's just my opinion. You know, it's nice to have a little bit of an influence from in your style, but if you're if you're just Morrissey fancy dress, then I think you look a little bit silly. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So we were up there for two days. Got to go to uh, Salford Lads Club, which obviously there's the iconic yeah. photo, um, and there was a Morrissey had a pop up shop there, which was pretty cool. There's like a whole room. These bloody pop up shops everywhere. I know he is Kanye West. I think I said it on Twitter, um, but he really was Kanye West for the weekend. Uh, that, yeah, there's like a room with all like pictures of people posing under under the Salford Lads Club sign. And uh, like notes to Morrissey, like hundreds and thousands of post-its all over the walls and like a big Queen is Dead poster. And like, it was just really, really cool. It's all kind of a bit of a shrine. There was a, um, was there a no meat allowed in this thing in the, um, did you, on the queue on the way in? Yeah, yeah. The door? The, uh, the artist's request, uh, yeah. no meat is allowed in the premises. <laughs> like people are walking yeah. in with like packs of uh, beef. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> I had a big beef jerky hanging out. <laughs> um, I don't think that's yeah. really beef. <laughs> no. Yeah, exactly. It's fine. Um, yeah, it was just amazing. I think to ignore all the things that were kind of happening around it, and just talk about the performance. He was absolutely on top form, and a number of people who've seen him before uh, said the same thing that the, this really was Morrissey at his best. Yeah, he just he just owned the stage completely from the first second. His voice was incredible. I've never I've never heard someone in the band sing like that. Just note perfect all the way through everything. And yeah, just most importantly, he was Morrissey. And like, and it, it was it was it that kind of amazing for you because he was on par with what you hear from recorded versions of things. Yeah, it? and I was I was just, I said I think I said to my sister afterwards like, when he first walked out, it was almost like it was the first time in my brain there was like actually a connection between the myth that is Morrissey and just like it, that is actually a human being mm. who lives and exists. Like, and he was just there, and he's got a massive face, huge face, which is brilliant for an audience member because you can see it from a mile off. But yeah, and like when he came out, he's wearing like quite baggy jeans with like some chains hanging off, a black suit jacket, nothing underneath at all, and like a big like cross medallion, and he still managed to look absolutely brilliant. Was he part of a new hip hop group? <laughs> Yeah, any like, but he still looked great. I just, it was a rubbish outfit, but it was still just, I just loved it. I lapped it up. What um, trousers did he have on? Sorry, like big, quite baggy blue, dark blue jeans. I could just imagine like corduroy. No, corduroy really trousers. dark, indigo. Indigo. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. That's but my man. Yeah, he 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 just looked great, and he was great. Um, and yeah. It Did was... you get the sense of um, this is the last time people will be seeing Morrissey? No, because because he hasn't no. got any other shows lined up, has he? This is only a UK show this year. It's, it was part of a bit of a tour. He's been around Europe, and I think he's going to South America later in the year. Okay. Um, but and the, obviously we've all seen the talk in the press. You know, he's spoken about having cancer cells scraped out of him, and say, you know if I die, I die and these kind of things. And so we're all, you know, no one really knows, but people are maybe thinking, is he coming to the end? He talks in riddles. You're never going to know. But 
like I say, he was on such top form that it's hard to imagine. Did he look healthy? Yeah. He looked great. He looked well. He looked happy. He seemed really in his element. There was one moment where it was funny, we all kind of uh, individually thought at the same point and then convened afterwards. We all thought, is he has he broken or something? Like, what's, what's happening? Because he, like, in between songs, obviously, he talks. Um, and there was a bit where he went, sports women. Sports women. Sports women. Sports women. And he just kept saying sports women. And everyone was just like, Lizzie said afterwards, she was like, is he having a stroke? I'm like, what's happening? <laughs> he said it so many times. And then he went on to say, sports women don't start wars. Blah, 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 blah. Lots of people don't start wars, but politicians do start wars, and they love it. Um, that was his point. But he just said sports women so many times that Is it was bigged up by the Olympics. Uh, yeah, I think that's what he was referencing. But yeah, he does it. He's watching um, the like the women's hundred meter or hundred like four hundred meter relay, and he's just like these women. They don't start wars. Yeah, I think he's not thinking he's winning. No, I think he's just sat there. Hang going, on a minute, sports women. <laughs> Sports women. Sports, sports women. women. Sports women. <laughs> women of sports. Sports women. Sports women. Uh, but yeah. So, yeah. And there was all that and he was he was still, uh, he felt relevant and politically important. You know, he, he obviously did his meet his murder. Bit. Murder. Yeah. Um. You know the huge screen behind him with horrible animal torture, and but we had some things about like um, police violence. You know he, yeah he just he just felt it didn't feel like watching an old guy who used to be in the biggest band in the world. Yeah. It felt like just watching a superstar, a someone who's at the top of his game, a master of his craft, and just a legend. You know. I've to compare it to so I I saw the Sex Pistols once and they just felt old yeah. and not relevant and boring and tired. This was the exact polar opposite. He was just perfect. It was everything I wanted it to be and more. So I'm gonna wrap it up by playing the song that he played first, and it was just it was just magic. The it was the, it got the biggest sing along of the night. He walks out, he's there. I'm seeing him. I'm just like, oh my god, he's gonna sing. He's gonna sing. And he played Sway Dead first, which is obviously an iconic Morrissey song. And it was it was just the best. So yeah. This is Sway Dead. I'm going a little bit off kilter here. Off kilter? Are you going to fall over? Yes. You're off balance. Yeah. I don't know where I am. Um, I don't know who you are. I don't know what planet I'm on. Basically, this will bleed into the rest of the podcast. In that this is the highlight of my week. Okay. And it is also... So you're, you're merging the two sections of the show. I'm merging them together. So we should say... Yeah. The section of the show you're talking about is the fact that we're going to be talking about uh, the best stuff of the second third of 2016. Yes. So since the last one we talked about, we're going to talk about the stuff in okay. between that. So your highlight you also feel is one of the best things from 2016 so far. Slash will probably one of the be the one of the best things yeah. in 2016. Okay, so let's go. Everyone already knows. Of course. Just do it. Frank Ocean finally dropped his album. Now... If we go back to episode whatever it was, I did say at the end maybe I'm waiting for that. So I've 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 been waiting for this for a long time since I first heard him since Channel Orange. So 
there's a little a little bit of confusion around everything. He's multiple times he's kind of made people think his album will come out. Yep. Um and actually when you really look back at those moments, he's never said anything. <laughs> he never seems to say anything. No right? at no point he is he said my album's coming out at this point. So he had this picture on his website that had lots of dates uh, crossed out and all sorts. I don't think this date was ever on there because when the 5th of August came, everyone goes a bit mad. Um, Twitter's just filling up with um, Frank Ocean things. And um, people are expecting an album because I think the New York Times said it was going to happen. And it didn't. So then people start getting annoyed. And the reason, a, a big reason of why people thought that was going to happen is he put out a a live stream slash short video or possibly just a picture with some white noise on. And people were watching it, studying it. There was a Reddit, a, a Frank Ocean Reddit thing. Yeah. And people were really going in on finding out when this album was happening. And last Thursday... We had Endless. Yeah. Now, Endless is... And the confusion begins. Yes. Um, okay, so everybody knows who's a, a fan. That I think everyone knows. Like, I've, Literally, I was I was with my dad yes. yesterday. And he was asking what we were going to be talking about in this week's podcast. And I said you were going to be talking about Frank Ocean. And even he knew. There is no way he will ever listen to that album. But even he knew something has been happening with Frank Ocean. Something's happening. Like, it's been just everywhere. Yeah. Inescapable. Yeah. Um, so, big fans of him know that, that Boys Don't Cry was originally what the album was going to be called. Um, that's what I think he'd suggested, and people yep. just thought that. And so, Endless comes out, and it's got all these kind of songs on it. It's a, it's a visual album. And I was expecting... Beyonce's lemonade kind of thing. Yep. And it's just him in a room, staircase, building it with some music going over the top. And I really in in some fancy jumpers. Um I really, really loved the music in Endless. To the point where I was really disappointed that I couldn't hear it properly. We'll get onto his actual album release in a minute. But at this point, I think Friday night, I'm still waiting for, I'm like, so I, I downloaded, I found uh, somebody had like split it all up. I was like, Hill, here's the songs. And I got the track list and I thought, why are they 50 seconds and 30 seconds and five minutes and whatever? And I was like, hmm, they've just split up the audio. And then I just, I felt like I had a hole in like, like I expected something and it was empty. Yeah. And I still feel a little bit like that. Not as much now I've heard. The album that dropped on the Saturday. The album is called Blonde. Mm-hmm. And it is his official yep. release. Now, when I first heard Blondes, I kind of... I sat down in my bed. It's about 3am. And wept. <laughs> Nearly. Um, and I kind of... You know when you first like get a new album... You just listen start to back, front to back. Yep. And you go through it once, and then you start to slowly go through it a second time. And I I think I did that the first day, and I was happy. Like, I really liked the music on it, but Endless had already sunk in, and I knew that I really liked some of that, and it was quite different to what was on Blonde. Um, And I was still kind of left feeling a little short-changed. And I don't know what is going to happen <laughs> Whether those songs are going to come out or whether that is just a visual album and it is what it is. And I've come to terms with it now. I listen to Endless every now and then. And I listen to Blonde every single minute of every single day since it's released pretty much. Yeah. Now I'll get on to Blonde. Because um, I truly think he he's dropped an album that I think people wanted. I think it, it's as good as people were expecting and I, I know you, you're, you're always a little underwhelmed with Frank am I right? yeah I mean if you want me to go into my opinion absolutely on Frank Ocean is that yeah underwhelmed is the right word so I know Channel Orange I thought it was alright 
Oh, Channel uh, Orange, I think, is a masterpiece. Yeah, I, and a lot of people do. Um, but for me, it's not something I ever particularly latched on to. Mm. Listened to a few times. Thought was all right. Kind of didn't really have any more opinion on that. I think, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that other people think are iconic or legendary or whatever the word is. And you just kind of listen to and think, yeah, that's an album. Mm. I've heard it. I think it's good. And you don't really have any more connection to it than that. So when all this kind of came round, I was really intrigued, I think, um, you know, as someone who's just a, a fan of popular culture, generally speaking. You know, all this hype was getting built up and it intrigued me. I wanted to know what the fuss is about and I wanted to kind of be part of it, I guess, or at least know what was going on. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, we go through all all the stuff, and even if we ignore the kind of confusing nature of it for a second, we get to the point where Blonde finally drops. And I listen to it, and honestly, again, I'm, I'm the same thing I thought with Channel Orange. I'm just thinking, it's all right. Like, I don't quite get the hype. I can almost relate in those terms, in a way, because... It took me, I don't think it's a grower necessarily, but I listened to it a few times and then I think I sat down one time and really, really listened to it without doing anything else. You know, you can sometimes put an album on, a new album, and you're like, right, here's here's an hour where I'm going to be writing something yeah. or what, making a list or whatever, and you put it on. And I was on a bus to... to um, to town we were going to go and record an episode so I was on the way to the office and I put it on and I literally just stared into the abyss and listened yeah and that was the first time I really made a connection to the album yeah because you do you do need to persevere with things I get that yeah but I think so there's there's a couple of things that I find difficult okay number one is how kind of um how some people will speak about it as being completely groundbreaking and revolutionary. And I... And this isn't a criticism. This isn't to say it's bad. But I, I don't listen to it, Blonde, at all and think this is taking, you know, R&B or pop music or whatever you want to call it. I don't listen to it and think it's taking this somewhere new. When I listen to the... Uh, the latest Blood Orange album earlier this year, which is, there's a lot of parallels. It's very kind of, uh, you know, very much R&B pop with kind of a slightly alternative edge to it. I listen to that and thinking this is doing something really, really interesting. And okay, Dev Hines maybe is more my thing than Frank Ocean is. And I've got more of a history with his music, you know, whether we're going back to Lightspeed Champion or whatever it is. So maybe I'm a bit more invested in it. But at the same time, I listen to that and I think... Yeah, I get that this is trying to do something really new. And I don't really... Maybe I need to persevere with it more, but I don't really hear that in Blonde. I do more in the stuff that you've played me from Endless. Yeah. Endless, I think, is much more interesting. There's a lot of Blonde where... I, I like it when he sings with a little bit of tempo and a little bit of beat and he puts a little bit of emphasis in. There's a lot of it where it sounds a bit like vocally he's just coasting. You know, we know he's got a fantastic voice. And he just kind of, you know, flows in from line to line. And you just kind of think, where are you going with this? You know, there's well, not... on further listens to the album, I notice that I feel like he he does kind of take you on a bit of a ride in terms of you get a similar tempo, the kind of beginning of the album. The I mean, the first song, Nike's... Or as I would say, Nike's, and I think that's wrong. I don't know what I don't know how I said. Um... There's this um, chipmunk yeah. voice, and I'm not usually a fan of that, but I liked it. No, I I think I I'm a, I was amazed to find out that's the lead single. Mm. I think it's one of the worst things on the album. There's a few people think that actually, um, but I think in terms of tempo in vocals, I think he it changes quite a bit, and I quite like that. He keeps yeah. you guessing. I also one of the main reasons why I'm a huge Frank Ocean fan. Um, so sometimes when I really love an album, I feel a bit biased. I feel like I'm not giving it a, yeah. my full attention in terms of like 
really re reviewing it. Um, but we're not reviewing. So I'm a big fan of him as a vocalist. Yeah. Um, Channel Orange was the first time I've... Um, or when I first heard it, I just thought, this guy's voice is liquid gold. And there's parts in it that I love to sing myself because I am a vocalist too. Yep. So I, I, I've grown up listening to things and singing along to them and that. And I, and I find his melodies and his lyrics really enjoyable just to kind of be part of. And I think this does capture that in a lot of, in a lot of ways. So with the first kind of um, five songs, Nike's Ivy, Pink and White, Be Yourself, Solo. Sorry, Be Yourself is a little skit that his yeah. mum did. Um, they're all... I love what a square his mum is. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know if it definitely is his mum, but yeah, it most I likely bet, I think is. it is. She's a right nerd and I love yeah. it. <laughs> I think those songs are quite similar with tempo and then it comes to Skyline 2 and it changes a little bit. Self-Control, I think, is going to be possibly the next single and I think it's the... Um, maybe the most popular song on the album. I, I, I feel like... It's more... I don't know if that's almost a criticism of it. I really like the song, but I feel like it's the most accessible of all of them, I think. Really? Yeah. So I think Solo's the one with Andre 3000, right? Um, Solo Reprise is, yeah. Oh, okay. So that's at, uh, number 10. Okay. Which is after Nights, which I believe is your favourite. Like, like I've said to you before, for me, my favourite bits of the album are the little odd little nuances so my favourite thing hearing Andre 3000 again and not just hearing him again but hearing him in full flow yeah like fast really rapping fast brilliant I love it so much so that's that's solo reprise no, 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 no. <laughs> oh it's so good I could listen to I could listen to that all day I love that I love uh, is it called Close to You another little like skit yeah. thing I think again one of the most well, the Facebook story sorry no there's I don't know there's another one of the little short tracks which is just all you know sonically more interesting mm. than a lot of what I hear in the rest of it well, and then for me one of my favourite bits is in uh, the last track Future of Free yeah. where it's like loads of like old fan footage like recording stuff and I know that's because I'm a podcast guy and I like that stuff He's like, I don't know if it's him going around interviewing yeah. people or whatever it is. Frank Ocean does NPR. That's yeah, but like, I could listen to that all day. That's what's I think interesting in the in the album. I a like, lot of the I, other I stuff like... just washes over me, and um, I don't hate, but I don't love, and that for me, I think I think we'll possibly come back to this in December. Yeah, and we'll see how we feel about it then again. Yeah, because um, we'll be we'll we'll know then whether we think it's one of the highlights of the year. Yeah. I think um, my problem is that I would rather really strongly dislike something than just be meh about it. And a lot of it, maybe I need to persevere with it more, but I really, I just think... Yeah. I, I wonder what it says that after knowing Endless wasn't going to be fully-fledged songs, yeah. that I had to just sink myself into Blonde. Yeah. And now I'm starting to love it. Whereas my first initial thoughts weren't, this is a work of art. Yeah. Or this is, well, it is a work of art, but this is like something special. Yeah, yeah. And like, I don't think I really get that with many things at my first listen. T-Lop, I was very happy with after my first listen. I think I was like, yeah, this is this is yeah. up there. Um, but overall, I think he's um, surpassed himself. I think he's done a really good job. Um, I I don't. There might be more to come from him. I haven't heard. I haven't read the magazine. I've heard that they're going for like two grand on eBay, and I just can't afford that. Um, I'll have a look at the little pop up shop in London one day, maybe. Can we just? I mean, if we're talking about the magazine, yeah. Can we just mention that again? You know, if there's a guy to steal the show. Yeah, it's Kanye West, and his poem in the Frank Ocean magazine is one of the most bizarre and hilarious things I've possibly ever seen. It made me laugh so much the first time I read it. Yeah. So it's called M McDonald's Man. <laughs> of course. And I'm gonna... Shall I read it? Yeah. Do you want me to read it? I do. I'm not gonna do a Kanye voice. 
but just uh, like in uh, Asterix's extremely Kanye voice at this stage, that is okay. what's happening. McDonald's man, McDonald's man. French fries had a plan. The French fries had a plan. The salad bar and the ketchup made a band because the French fries had a plan. The French fries had a plan. McDonald's man, McDonald's. I know them French fries had a plan. I know them French fries had a plan. The cheeseburger, the cheeseburger and the shakes formed a band to overthrow the French fries plan. I always knew them French fries was evil, man. Smelling all good and shit. I don't trust no food that smells that good, man. I don't trust it. I just can't. McDonald's, man. McDonald's, man. McDonald's. Man. Them French fries look good, though. I knew the Diet Coke was jealous of the fries. I knew the McNuggets was jealous of the fries. Even the McRib was jealous of the fries. I could see it through his artificial meat eyes. <laughs> and he only be there some of the time. Everybody was jealous of them French fries. Except for that special guy. That smooth apple pie. <laughs> I can't... I want to go into it. I feel like it would take, like, a degree to... <laughs> is, is Frank Ocean the smooth apple pie? I've got no idea. It just... I like to read it on complete face value because he probably is talking about something like that. But yeah. I just like to imagine this is what is happening in Kanye's head as he's ordering a McDonald's. Yeah. It's like, them French fries, man. I don't trust the French fries. They got fries. a plan. <laughs> Those shakes and the burgers are making a plan. They formed a band. <laughs> they formed a band. <laughs> oh, it's brilliantly mental. But yeah, I just had to mention that because of all the Frank Ocean hype, that is the bit that broke me brought me most joy i just i read that and i was uh kanye is just the gift that keeps on giving i am going to play ivy which is the second track and it's the one that's really um kicking up fast at the moment so a lot of people are into that one when we were loaded deep down the feeling still deep down is good We could probably talk about him for another half an hour, hour, yeah. series of 24 podcasts. There's a lot to cover. I it's... still feel uneasy because there's so much I haven't covered, but we we are right. But... We must soldier on. <laughs> so, um, I've moved it into this section of the show, so it is now your go to... Um... To give us something that's come out in this second third of the year. That I've enjoyed. That you've enjoyed. Nothing. I've enjoyed absolutely nothing. It's been the worst four months for music there's ever been. Not true. Little Mix had brought out some new music. Don't even go there, mate. (laughs) You know we only talk about that stuff off mic. (laughs) So I'm going to talk about Kane Strang. Who? Kane Strang. Who? Who the hell? Strang. Uh, you've you vaguely mentioned to me some people mm-hmm. who you were going to be talking about. I did not know any of them. No, because I'm just so cool and alternative. Yeah. No, no, not at all. But Kane Strang is a, a solo artist from New Zealand who put out an album... I think actually potentially just inside the first four months, but I didn't pick it up till these four months. So for me, it's a second part of 2016 choice. The album's called Blue Cheese, and it's brilliant. I love it. Well, I hate blue cheese, so yeah. And I'm lactose intolerant, so the the like irony it. is already kicking in. But yeah, since I found it, I've listened to it 
probably five times a week. Every week. A whole album or the whole way songs through. Yeah. that you prefer to turn the whole The whole album. I'd just like to put it on. I think it's brilliant. So it's, you know, uh, anyone can guess what kind of music it is? Oh, it's indie uh, kind of psych rock type okay. stuff. Very much. Uh, I wasn't expecting that from the name, actually. No. It's very much up my kind of obvious street. Um, but what I really, really like about it is the kind of, um, is the vocals. This guy, I think, is really interesting. So he's got very kind of detached, deadpan kind of delivery. Um, okay. So you've got kind of grungy bass lines. You've got like little bit of synths, but generally, yeah, kind of psyche kind of stuff. Yeah. A uh, little bit of the Pixies in there, I think. Quite, quite prominent but a lot, like a lot of the things I play on here probably um, but what makes him interesting I think is he seems quite kind of uh, introspective I suppose is the word um, talks a lot about kind of just things that are happening to him quite frank, quite open I personally think he looks really cool but you can kind of get a bit of a feeling from him that he's maybe a bit of an outsider um, and yeah he's just kind of candid and open and interesting and I think as someone who connects to vocals as we've talked about many times and lyrics you get the feeling this is an interesting person and someone to sort of keep an eye on and also he talks about like the the song I'm going to play um, like it's about online dating and like there's not many people who kind of who talk about these kind of modern phenomena and still kind of comes off credibly. I was going to say. You know, that sounding cheesy or obvious. Yeah, and stupid. Like, it could be really stupid, but he kind of just pulls it off because it comes from... You feel like it comes from a place of, like... Um, sort of... Vulnerability is the wrong word, but just honesty. It's like, this is kind of just what's going on. Um, and yeah, just interesting. Just an interesting character and there's... There's a lot of alright music out there, and there's a lot of things which are instrumentally interesting and have sort of different aspects to them. I don't think there's that many unique voices, and I feel like this guy probably is one. Okay. So, I do want to point out that, sort of, instrumentally, the song I'm going to play, called The Web, is probably one of the thinner songs on the album. Right. You know, most a lot of it is a bit more fleshed out, you know, more layers to it, more kind of maybe sonically interesting. But I think this track, yeah, it gives you more of an insight into why I think he's an interesting artist and why he's well worth looking out for. And sadly, he doesn't seem to be touring at all. I don't really know how big a release this was. So... When, yeah. What do you know when it came out? I think it came out the end of March this year. Um... I can't even remember how I found it. I think I was just like... I've got a feeling I was going through Spotify-related artists, and I just kind of landed. Always a good way to find people. Yeah. and I, But I've got no idea where I'd got from to there. But... Kane Strang. The web. The web. Blue cheese. Blue cheese. interesting because yeah it doesn't come off cheesy does it no no it doesn't you know and even that I met her on the internet that could be a really crap line from someone else but he kind of pulls it off I'm going to tell you about a little song that uh, I was a part of when I was in a band at university 
and it was about online dating in a way. Yeah. It was called the Facebook song, and my friend made it. Rubbish name. Yeah. You've already lost it. I know. I think it was called the Facebook song. I don't. I don't think we had a name for it, so we just went with that. Anyway, I was the vocalist for the band along with Emily, who's a listener of the show, and. Um, I was thinking about this today, and no offence, Luke, I'm sure he thinks the same now, but every time I think about this song, I do a little sick in my mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Because the lyrics were, at one point, have a little chat on Facebook and go rolling round the town, and it makes me feel sick, because it's it's a bad song. (laughs) So that's about online dating, and that's how it could sound sometimes, if you were to write it quickly. And uh, again, no offence, Luke, you're probably much a much better writer now. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. So, Kane Strang, go and check him out. I will. Do you have another pick? Or is it just going to be Frank Ocean again? Hello, mother. Hello, father. Here I am in Kate Trinada. Lovely. So, <laughs> the person I'm going for is Kate Trinada. And I really hope that I have the name correct. I wouldn't have even attempted that name. No? Well, it's... Because we know what I'm like with pronunciation. Rubbish. I mean, try and... Now you know how I've said it, but the second one down. Yeah, I think I would have probably gone Catronada as well. It's probably... Catronada. Catronada! Nada, maybe? So, he brought out his first full-length LP, which was called 99.9%. And do you know who told me about this artist? No, you don't. I do. Neither does anybody else. I do. I've told you, but you know. It's Ben. Yeah, Brooks. it was Ben. He um he texted me a while ago and said, "Check this guy out." So I did, and um it kind of it made me think about um musicians I like and people who are obviously producers and they may be music makers, but they're not. They they don't often hold the limelight. So you have people like Flume and Bonobo, and they really love instrumentals and things like that. So Kay Trinada, he has a real name. That is not his real name. Um, I never would have guessed. Really? Kay Trinada Jacobson. Um, he's a producer, okay? And he, I think the the good thing about somebody like him is that he can just bring in lots of different people from lots of different areas. And it's like just having so many different collaborations. Yep. And you can, I think, you can, I think, um, access more areas in music with that. So he has quite a few different people in it. Vic Mensa, Craig David, Bad Bad Not Good, like I said, Little Dragon. It's um, kind of a house hip-hop and soul um, collaboration. So there's a lot of different styles of music in it. Some quite heavy and uh, similar to things like Flume. Um, and some of them a lot like Subtract and not so house involved. Sure. Um, and it's a really, really nice album to just go through and just hear lots of different yeah. variations. Of that things. sounds nice. I it sounds like I'd be into this. Mm. And like a bit, uh, somebody who I really love is Bonobo and um, and James Blake. And I know that they're they're on the opposite end. That they they bring in um, themes of hip hop in kind of drum machines and things like that. Yeah. And this guy does that as well, but it's within the realms of hip hop and uh, like soul music and stuff. Whereas sure. people like James Blake and Bonobo are in a, on a different side to that. Yeah. So this is kind of the opposite end of that, but doing a similar kind of thing. So I'm going to play um, Weight Off that he does with uh, Bad Bad Not Good.
it's also just listening back to it then a little bit a little bit like um toro and moi and it's kind of funky elements and like that um that synthy sound that's in a lot of psych stuff yeah that's mixed with uh, dance music i i think that was great yeah i really enjoyed that i think uh straight away when it came in with that bass line i was intrigued yeah um right up my street music at its best and it's simple but yeah. effective yeah and then the drums kick in it's it's an interesting track in that yeah i enjoyed it a lot so uh moving on to another one of your picks my final pick your final pick which is something i only discovered i think at the beginning of this week but i've been super excited about yeah. ever since uh so it's a release by ace records which is uh, it's a name that I had kind of heard about in kind of the the kind of history of the British music scene, but not kind of in any kind of extensive way. Yeah. And I happened to be on their website this week, and I can not recommend highly enough their uh, they've got a section called Ace Records History, and it's got it's split into ten parts, and it tells you the whole story of how this came to be a thing, and it's amazing. It's really, really cool. But what I've discovered that they do a lot of is kind of compilations of old, rare kind of archive music that's hard to get hold of. A bit like the Acid Jazz Rare Mod series, which I know I've talked about on the podcast before. Mm -hmm. Um, They do a lot of that kind of stuff. So, for example, there's one that I've been listening to a lot this week called Scratch My Back, which is a load of like uh, 60s girl group type pop stuff which obviously as you know is very much up my straza um, <laughs> and it's great but the uh, the thing that I am going to talk about as one of my highlights of this piece of the year is called Let It Be Black America sings Lennon, McCartney and Harrison. And it is essentially exactly what it sounds like. It's kind of a load of legendary black American artists doing covers of Beatles songs. And it's a compilation of them all rolled into one place. So you've got uh, the likes of Aretha Franklin, Nina Simone, The Supremes. Temptations, the Four Tops, Boys to Men, just Earth, Wind and Fire, iconic artists singing Beatles songs. And if that's not a recipe for something brilliant, then I don't know what is. Were these all recorded over a long period of time and then brought together for this? Yeah, there's. It's not. uh, Nothing's been done uh, specifically for this release. Mm. It it will have just been done as and when it happened, and they've just uh, compiled it in one. Easy to digest album. Some of the names you've said though. Well, all of them. <laughs> yeah. That's... It's incredible. And I think, yeah, there, there kind of doesn't need to be anything more said. When I first saw what it was, I was just so excited to listen to it. I, I didn't need to hear a thing without before being sold on it. It's just like, this is going to be brilliant. I couldn't wait to listen to it. Um, and yeah. It's perfect. The vocals across the album are just insane. I mean, there's no words. I really can't do justice to how good some of these singers are. And the song I'm going to play is, for me, the highlight vocally of the whole album. It's Nina Simone. Obviously, legend. But Nina Simone doing Here Comes the Sun. And... It's it's heartbreakingly good. There's a real vulnerability and tenderness to the way she sings as well. Because I mean, Nina can belt it out like yeah. like anyone can, but this no, it's really refined and reined in. And there's does a, does a, it not help that I already know how the song goes? I feel like I'm I have no idea what to expect yeah. basically. But it it does it both ways. So for some of it, uh. The fact that you know the original track, you know, they kind of stick quite closely to it, so it gives it a really interesting juxtaposition. But then, for other things, 
it's um it's like an it's like a new song so for example like you've got the four tops doing full on a hill uh which is totally different to the original and i love it's one of it's probably my certainly my top 10 i think beatles tracks i love that track but they do something totally different with it um and then like i say the the nina simone one is is kind of faithful to the original but just with this incredible vocal or you've got something like uh fats domino doing lovely rita that's one of my favorites as well that very nearly made the cut mm. to be played like it's it's just brilliant i it's everything i love rolled into one and yeah i can't recommend it highly enough go and search it out and go and search out ace records as well because they do loads of really cool old stuff that i think anyone who's into this podcast will be really into the stuff that they put out as well okay okay nina simone get your tissues ready because this is a heartbreaking vocal Here comes the sun, little darling Here comes the sun I say, it's alright It's alright Here comes the sun, little darling Here comes the sun I say, it's alright For me, that's, you know, some people, they might find it potentially sacrilege to sort of mess with the Beatles. I understand that point of view. I know uh, when I talked to people about our covers episode and I had played uh, Susie and the Banshees version of Dear Prudence, even that, which is a very well-known cover, people had found a difficult one to digest because you know the Beatles version. But that, for me, is one of the most perfect vocal performances I've ever heard. Okay. It's outrageous. It's it's unhuman to be that talented. I find what you said interesting because sometimes I've you know when you hear a cover that is obviously yes, like you say, it's it's similar in terms of um instrumentation yeah. and the way it flows, it's 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 it like you say, it's true to the song. Um when a song is maybe sung so different it can take a while to really appreciate it. Yeah. My first um, opinion was kind of, do I love this or do I dislike this? And I think overall, I really enjoy it because I love Nina Simone. I love her voice. Yeah. I love what she's doing with the song. But it's because of my expectation was, here's the song I know and then here's this new version of it. Of course. You have to, you yeah. have to kind of it's, roll with it. Yeah. And... There's a disconnect a bit more. Yeah, yeah, of course. There's a disconnect from what you know, but I think what it's really uh, an incredible example of is so you hear about jazz musicians that to to play jazz you have to be in complete control of your instrument, so you know it inside out to the point where you can just flow with it, and you there's no thought about it. You just you can go with wherever it's going, mm-hmm. and it's about being an absolute master at your craft again and. Nina Simone singing, she know, she will always come back in at the point. So some lines she takes longer than the Beatles version. Some lines she takes shorter. She understands. She's thinking ahead. She knows how it fits together as a yeah. piece. And she's just completely in control well, of thing her about, vocal delivery. It's, it's almost like a, It's almost like a free jazz vocal uh, yeah. in that it's... Like you say, she can take it to wherever she needs to. She always she'll always bring it back to where it needs to be, yeah. even if she goes off slightly. Yeah, um, and that's just at its heart. Yeah, uh, yeah, and to be able to do that, and I think you know there is a maybe in some ways a slightly uncomfortable marriage there in that you know for everything. Well, have you ever tried to listen to real free jazz? It's yeah. uncomfortable yeah. as. F- yeah i don't like that stuff generally speaking but what i think the reason i think it's an uncomfortable marriage potentially is because uh you know we all love the beatles no there's no argument about that but it is um within well certainly a lot of it you know obviously later they got more experimental and whatever else but a lot of it is within quite a kind of 
pop music uh, structure. Yeah. And certainly the vocal delivery, you know, we all love Paul's voice. We all love John's voice. We all love even sometimes Ringo's voice. And certainly we love George's voice because he's the greatest ever. But um, my point is they're all, in terms of actual uh, vocal range, like someone like Nina Simone, they are limited vocalists. So they deliver lines in a specific way 90% of the time. Yeah. So when someone comes along on top of a Beatles track and delivers it like that, it can feel a bit uncomfortable at times, I think. But for me, it's because you're, you're really mixing two worlds. Because you're not hearing that song. That's the first time you've heard that version of that song. But you're not hearing that song fresh. No. It's impossible to. You're hearing it as it would be if it were made from that world of music. Yeah. yeah. And that's but, what's interesting. Yeah. But Nina Simone's a genius. I love that. And this album is totally worth checking out. That's all. That's all that needs to be said. If there's anything to take from this, just listen to more Nina Simone. Yes, yeah, yes, of course. Right. Her voice is stunning. Yeah. So we've pretty much come to the end of this uh, roundup. Yeah. I think we can all agree that 2016 is shaping up to be yet another vintage year of music. And I felt like it was starting off to not really wow me. And then things just keep coming out and you're just like oh okay <laughs> it's absolutely relentless yeah but and there's so many things we haven't mentioned that we love um, hundreds you know and like I said earlier it's a funny thing about doing this podcast I think because sometimes um sometimes I think I just want to play my absolute favourite things because it's an opportunity I think most of us probably, you know, even us as music fans and knowing that most of our friends are also big music fans, you don't necessarily get that many opportunities to really talk about the stuff that you just love and that you're just listening to right now. Yeah. So when we come to record this, sometimes it's just like, oh, I just want to talk about this and I want to talk about this. And you kind of forget that actually it needs to be a podcast. And so today was an example of a time where I've taken a little step back and been like, okay, I'm going to play three really different things. Despite the fact I could have played ten surfery, psyche indie rock bands that I've loved stuff that they've put out in the last four months. Because that's what I'm into. But yeah, it's nice to get a bit of difference as well. And today's the first time we've ever done an episode on speed. Yeah. Harry's <laughs> gone mad. I mean, I'm sure by this point you've heard it. <laughs> How much coffee did you drink before this? I thought I, I worked today and I thought okay, I had to come home and I thought right let's just wait myself for a bit so I had two espressos and a, and a carton of mocha coffee ridiculous yeah. and it doesn't usually have an effect on me um, alcohol uh, caffeine nonsense because I'm looking at you and you are a man possessed I'm exhausted <laughs> I'm sweaty yeah it's not even the it's not even the room it's just your <laughs> mannerisms for the last hour <laughs> Have tired the hell out of me. I'm sorry. I can listeners. see a man just, yeah, on speed, riddled. Um, but anyway, we're gonna wrap this up by talking about something that has just fitted into this last four months, but also one of our most exciting prospects for the next four months. Yeah, which is someone who everyone who regularly listens to this podcast will know we love Bon Iver Bon Iver I was so pleased that you said it right the first time and then you didn't <laughs> well I did it both okay we absolutely adore Justin Vernon and his work and what are we talking now two weeks maybe yeah. maybe less something like two weeks ago I it's a funny thing because uh, normally when an artist that you love who hasn't put anything out for ages put something out you're so excited but I really believe that that Friday night a Bon Iver album was dropping yeah I did too and we got two tracks and two tracks that I as the days have gone on have fallen more and more head over heels in love with but it's still not an album and it's still and the it's... funny thing is people I know or not people I know, people have heard the full album because it was um, 
He, he played the whole yeah, thing at Eau Claire, and um, I think people have obviously videoed it, and there's a full like 45 yeah. minute thing yeah, on YouTube. I've and seen I, it. I haven't watched it. I've seen it, and I've purposely avoided it because yeah, I I know that obviously the dream way of experiencing it for the first time is to be there in the audience. Yeah. Um, but I know that I don't want my first listen to have been coloured by a dodgy iPhone recording or whatever it is. I need to hear it properly. I need to get the best headphones I can find. I need to just sit and close my eyes and listen to the album start to finish. And I don't, I don't want it. I, you know, it's like, it's like if you're really excited for a movie and then you see like online there's a leak of someone filming it in a cinema. I don't. I've clicked those links and I've turned them off ten minutes in because I'm like, this is a good film. I'm not going to ruin it. Yeah. Um. Exactly. It will ruin your experience. I yeah. completely guarantee you. And everybody knows that. Everyone's listened to bad versions of things and known that it's just it's not the way to do it. Yeah. Um, and I can so tell... Be patient. The other thing is, I I can tell from what we've heard properly released so far, I'm going to love this record mm-hmm. like my own child. Have you heard Bon Iver's, uh song that he released, I think, for a, for a film? It's called Heavenly yeah, Father. Yeah. It's very much. It's very on those kinds of yeah. on that kind of level. It's um. You, if you love Bon Iver, you're going to love it. Yeah. Because he made it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just it's just brilliant, and there. It's funny because um, you know we talked about many times before artists kind of evolving, and for Bon Iver, it is a very subtle evolution, I think, in some ways, because um, there's such a distinctive. Bonavere's style mm. that it's impossible to really depart from that but you know even in just in Overseen like that there's the little kind of uh, sample vocal that just pulls it in a little interesting direction as well <laughs> yeah but like nothing like that whatsoever <laughs> but what I mean is you can just feel it's going to be everything we love from the previous albums, but just with a little touch of something else. And the the difference between the first and second album, they are very different. And I think this is just going to make another huge leap forward and it's going to be great. Yeah, but like I say, they're different, but also exactly the same. Of course. In, in a perfect way. You know? I just can't wait. And we couldn't finish a roundup of this part of the year without... Without playing one of the two new tracks. Yeah. And just saying, God. God, I'm excited. It's going to be, you know, the next one will be a 2016 roundup at the end of the year. I'll be amazed if this new album isn't in the top three. Yeah. It's going to be one of the best things that comes out this year. Guaranteed. And obviously, thank you so much for listening. We have been Tracks. I've been Tim. And I've been Harry. Have you been Harry? Or have you been... I've been some, a version a, of Harry. A drugged up version of Harry. <laughs> You've been fear and loathing in Las Vegas, personified as a podcaster. Um, but thank you so much. It means the world. This has been episode 24. 25? I always think is a weird... Uh, like, why is 21 a big milestone in our culture? 25 feels more significant. That's a quarter of a century. We're going to be quarter of a century next episode. This is our last episode of our first quarter century. Mm. And I think you'll agree it's been one of our worst. So, (laughs) it'll be over soon. Lovely. There I found you more constellations.
Then you 